Pick me up a book about new sensations Take me to a place with no frustration Back it up before I lose my patience Here we go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the ICI Pro Podcast My name is Joey Stabile, and I am the host of this exciting show Are you looking for indoor cycling, inspiration, and ideas? New classes and playness? Technical expertise? Please find this and a lot more at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Once again, IndoorCycleInstructor.com. And... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Indoor Cycling Instructor Podcast. Today, I have Jan from Bikovision here. So we have a couple of really interesting things to talk about today. Jan was kind enough to provide me with his Tortola DVD, which I got to ride. And I actually just watched it this morning for a third time and still as enjoyable as the first two. But then we're going to talk about some really exciting new features that Bikovision has coming out to benefit you instructors. So with that, Jan, let me uh, take a second and why don't you introduce yourself, please? Great. Thanks, Joey. My name is Jan Hunter, the owner, co-owner of Bikovision. And uh, we've been doing cycling videos since 2005. We've uh, been many places in Europe and all pretty much all the national parks now in the U.S. and a lot of other uh, cool places that I hope to go back to, and you know, in the Caribbean and just just some really uh, amazing places around our own country. We're we're based in Santa Rosa, California, and so there's a lot of opportunities just in our neighborhood around here for you know the wine country and. Uh, Yosemite and the California coast that are some of our perennial favorites. Uh, we've been doing mostly DVDs and Blu-rays up until recently. So that's a way that people can actually own the video and keep going back to it and not not have to uh, do you know any kind of internet activities. Of course, in, in 2004, the internet really wasn't up to speed yet anyway, you know, for streaming. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Very cool. So one of the things I'd like to bring up, so if some of our listeners haven't had an opportunity to experience Bikovision, you're a little different than some of the other uh, ride, um, let's call them visual age for lack of better term, in that you don't have any kind of dashboard in front of you. So there's no cadence, Mm -hmm. there's no power, there's no elevation, which at first, you know, frankly, you know, coming from a racing background, I thought, hmm. I like to see somebody telling me what cadence I'm supposed to be at, what power I'm supposed to be at. But, you know, one of the things I noticed about the Tortola DVD is um, it has some great island music in the background. And with the lack of um, metrics in front of me, I was kind of able to lose myself in the experience of the film rather than being so concentrated on my dashboard. Okay, yeah. So Bikovision is all about extroversion rather than introversion. So in other words, uh, a lot of uh, other videos are coaching, not that they're bad or wrong, but our take is different in that we're, we're sending your attention out into the world to get that same feeling that you might have had as a kid riding a bike, looking out at the world. Whereas a lot of the other videos with all the, you know, the coaching or the metrics, uh, you know, all the different things on the screen, riders in front of you, it, it's really, you know, it kind of forces your attention into what you're doing 
in, in your body and, you know, how hard you're working. Where our idea is just to take your mind off the exercise, really, and, and just look out and what's around the next bend. In Tortola, for example, you, you know you're on this beautiful tropical island and you're going to see something amazing. You see the trees starting to part and you're coming around and you see the beautiful, you know, the powder blue Caribbean sea coming up. And then you get a side view as you, you break through the mangroves and you see some, some uh, traditional fishing boats or something. Well, that whole time you've been pedaling and you don't even realize, you know, so it's the whole idea is just the motivation of the beauty of our world. Just just pulling you onward with your own natural curiosity. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I was writing again this morning, we had talked obviously before we did this podcast. And um, one of the things you had mentioned to me is the uniqueness of your side view. And Mm -hmm. so at the first couple of shots that I wrote it, you know, my guess is I noticed it, but didn't think about it. So on the third one, when the f- side view came up, I found myself actually looking to my left mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> over yeah. my shoulder and um, expecting to see the ocean there. A couple of the really neat parts that I found, a couple of the roads had some really sharp switchback type turns. You almost lean out over your bars on your trainer waiting yeah. to see what's coming at you as you make that turn. So very cool yeah. perspective. Yeah, and, and that island is really good for that. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they don't have as many building regulations down there, you know, the, with the, the road department or whatever. You'll have these these roads they call like, you know, Donkey Hill, or <laughs> suicide, suicide Hill, you can imagine, or Kamikaze Hill, you know. And, and these are like, I don't know what the grade is, 12% or something, you know, they these are like, you know, don't drive it when it's wet because you won't make it up the hill. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, but of course, the view coming down, you're, you're going to see the whole panoramic, beautiful view. And you get some of that in, in Europe as well. Not so much that they're, you know, extremely steep like that, but just these roads that they have in Europe are from Roman times and just these amazing little zigzag narrow uh, views. And it really, yeah, it really just piques your, your curiosity about, you know, what, what you see some, some kind of crazy building and you wonder what's going to be next, you know, and you will look out at it when you, when you see those side views. Yeah. Yeah. And so you brought up Europe. Why don't you let our listeners know how many titles do you currently have that have been produced? We have 73. Wow. So a lifetime of indoor riding. Basically, yeah, yeah, but we have more coming out. I was going to say, with more to come, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right, yeah. Any previews that you have in the can that you want to give us a, uh, a glimpse towards? Nothing new right now. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's uh, slowly being added to the on-demand uh, streaming site. So people in Europe, actually, or uh, over, overseas, other places can now stream without having the high expense of, of shipping the DVDs over there, the Blu-rays. Uh, a lot of the clubs use the Blu-ray discs because of the HD. Uh, so we're starting the Vimeo on demand so they can actually uh, catch up to, to, you know, I mean, 73. We're, we're talking an hour to an hour and a half every episode. Yeah, I want to say Tortola was, what, 74 minutes or so? Uh, I have it right here, 74 minutes exactly, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a nice ride gives you a chance to get a little warm out, warm up in, and then get a full sixty minute ride with a little cool down afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the way uh, these videos work, being that they're sixty to ninety minutes, is most of them. I would say most of them are not straight through. 
there are a few that are almost just a constant ride. But the way that we've found that people like them or want them is we have about a 15 or 20 minute stretch that you'll go and it'll be all the different terrain. You're going up a hill and then you get to the top of the hill and you actually get a chance to pull over and take a quick pan around. Look back down at the road you just came up. You know, if you're in, say, Glacier National Park, you actually get to scan the whole valley and then you start going again. And that's a new chapter in the video. So if you only want to do 15 minutes that day, you can or you can just keep your legs spinning, you know, while that's going on and it'll just keep going. I found that to be a good, you know, when I wrote it the first time, my initial thought was, wow, that's a break really fast. But it kind of had me look within myself And I think that's more of a limitation of me than the videos in that, you know, just this year, myself and my wife, Amy, are organizing a wine trip for a local cycling club that we're involved in. And, um, oh, wait, you know what? Bob Vanna will love me. I'm going to take the um, obligatory plug here. And so it's (laughs) Premier Bicycling Club of Western Pennsylvania. The president of is Bob Vano and he does a great job. If you're in the Western Pennsylvania area, I urge you to look at it. But anyways, so we're working on our fall wine tour rendezvous. You know, as we were going through, Amy had to remind me several times that not everybody rides, you know, 40 miles at a click before refilling water bottles. And, um, you know, the whole point of a club ride is to include multiple levels. Yeah. Unfortunately, one of my personal challenges is that, uh, I, I don't always remember that. I try, I try to, but I don't always. So, um, you know, I felt like the second and third time I watched Tortola, I was much more cognizant of where the brakes were. It was nice. I took a second, spun out my legs, mm-hmm. kind of came out of the saddle, stretched a bit. They were good natural brakes. And I think that's one of the things I want to point out here is that, you know, you have artfully crafted the brakes to be where if I was on my bike, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. take a natural break there for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So we actually did uh, a video uh, in the Amish country, Lancaster area ah, yep. in Pennsylvania. And see, I, I mentioned these 73 that we have, but we also had a series of 22 in what they call full screen now, which was for the old box style TVs. That's how long we've been doing it. When, when we started, we actually, for our first year, it was VHS tape. <laughs> oh wow so, so that's how long we've been doing this oh nice and, uh, yeah yeah and so our very last one of that first series was pennsylvania dutch country and that that's a gorgeous area around there but you have to watch out there's the amish mafia it's a it's a very rough <laughs> we're talking a rough neighborhood <laughs> too funny yeah but uh, that that uh, wine ride of yours sounds very nice. Yeah, well, so Amy is actually from the Erie area, and so she knows uh-huh. that kind of Chautauqua wine, wine region pretty well. We've really? been talking about doing this for a couple of years, and finally we just decided that this was the year. Sounds like a good time. We're looking forward to it. One of the things I want to bring up, we're going to be on this Erie wine trip, and we're taking the coastal route up Erie. Seems easy enough to throw a GoPro on my helmet and you know create my own DVD, but it's really not that easy, is it? It is not. No, no. Uh, we've developed Bikovision. Uh, like I said, we've been doing this a long time. We've developed it from customer feedback, from you know real cyclists to people who aren't 
necessarily cyclists, but indoor cyclists only, that what they want, what they need, and, you know, really surveyed and actually had contests where, you know, people who, everybody who answered the survey got a, a, a product that week, got a DVD, you know, we've had just to get feedback and, and really listened to uh, what people want and need. And so I feel that we really, by now, we have it down to to a science, you know, what exactly people want to see, what kind of uh, routes they want to do, what kind of places they want to go. And yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen what people try, you know, and it's, I, I understand it's, it's fun, you know, to want to just put a camera on your helmet or, and these GoPros are amazing, you know, and they're, and they're, they really do give a good quality, but there's a lot more to it with not just the editing and the post-production, but uh, really some of the basic methods of, you know, shooting. Uh, um, it's the amateur stuff that gets out can actually make you queasy. Yeah, and we, you and I talked earlier this week when we were, you know, making sure that we had the Skype connection together and everything. And um, I had watched a, another company's ride and literally after about 20 minutes, it just, you know, it, it felt like I myself was riding over rumble strips. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, um, it's a physical reaction. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was hard. And so this isn't just slapping a GoPro together. I mean, this is real cinematography and, uh, you know, it's an art form. We use a professional stabilizer and we use techniques that we've honed from our experience before doing Vision you know, in the industry. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. You mentioned earlier that you now have a new solution for people that are overseas and we travel around quite a bit. And so one of the comments I hear from, you know, some of my friends that live overseas is, Hey, you guys over there seem to have some great things, but it's silly for me to pay $28 to ship a $14 CD Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the States over Mm -hmm. to Europe. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What have you come up with and how does it work? Okay. Vimeo on demand. And that is, you know, second behind YouTube is Vimeo. And they are uh, uh, very uh, easy to work with on our end. And also just for the consumer, basically anybody can sign up with Vimeo, create an account, uh, go to vimeo.com slash on demand slash bikovision altogether, bikovision, uh, and you'll see our Vimeo on demand channel. It's a subscription. It's $19.99 a month US and adjusted, you know, for all the different currencies uh, because we do have uh, customers in Australia, in New Zealand that have been paying the big bucks to ship Blu-ray discs over there and, and DVDs over there. And, you know, they, they have done that for years. And I really feel like this has finally kind of come of age where we can be, you know, more protected from piracy on our side and also, you know, for their benefit, the HD streaming, a, a lot of the country's internet has finally come up to speed for that. And, uh, I'm not sure about France. Their their internet seems a little slow over there, but uh, I mean, all the other countries. I think Germany's connections are often faster than ours, and you know, there's a there's a lot of fitness oriented people, a lot of cyclists over there. Yep. And so, if I do find myself in a country that does have 
a little bit slower type of thing. I still have the opportunity to buy a video download, correct? Oh, we have uh, done downloads, and and they just you know they they create a lot of uh, technical problems huh. uh, for for people, especially with iTunes and that kind of thing. Um, okay. We we yeah we have uh, continued to offer them, but I think uh, I think streaming seems to be more of the solution, but. Uh, as far as if they have a slower speed, you know, with Vimeo, uh, not only is it a very good player, it seems to work all the time, but you can uh, you shrink the image if it's not, if you don't need it fully, you know, blown up to a wall size or, or 1920 by 1080, you can actually play it at half size. Oh, nice. And thus effectively yeah. increasing the speed or decreasing yes. the need for higher speed. Yes, yes. The thing with iTunes, uh, most a lot of people use iTunes for for the downloads, and then it, they huh. they have yeah they have problems, and then they have storage because these are you know a gigabyte on their phone, you know often doesn't work for them, or five hundred megabytes even is a lot for a lot of people's phones. Yeah, gotcha. And funny you mentioned that. So like, and here goes my personal limitation again, right? Like I would never consider downloading it to my phone. You mm-hmm. know, I have a you know, a desktop iMac that I literally have sitting right in front of my bike on the trainer, Perfect. you know, that I use for either Zwift or road grand tours or, you know, whatever I happen to be riding that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people do use tablets and phones and that kind of stuff for this media. Yes. Yes. And they'll, they'll often fit right there on the tray in front of them. Uh, not even a need for Velcro or anything like that. Some people will make a little, uh, way to hold their phone or iPads, or I think there's things available for that. Uh, but like yourself, I like a larger screen, and the feedback we've gotten from people using Bikovision is a nice large TV, as large as you can get it within reason, is going to give you more of the reality that you're really there. A nice, you know, a 42 inch. TV or smart TV, you're just going to have an awesome time. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. When I watched it the first time, I had my little MacBook Pro, you know, 13 inch deal going. You know, the second and third time when I was on my bike, I had an iMac, which is a much larger screen and certainly, Mm -hmm. you know, more immersive. And I did have the opportunity to, you know, I have an external speaker attached to it. So the um, island music came back a little bit more and, uh, you know, certainly a more immersive environment for sure. Yeah, that's great you mentioned that because we do try to use the background music that goes with the country wherever it is and and we put a lot of effort into the music so i always like to hear comments on that <laughs> yeah very neat the yeah. uh, well and it was funny too because in all honesty so like the first 10 seconds i thought wow that's not what i was expecting for music and then once i started to see the flowing terrain and i think it was really probably the first side view where i was looking out into the ocean um, mm-hmm. it kind of hit me that, yeah, this music is actually just perfect for where it needs to be. It, it, we try, you know, everybody has different tastes and it, it's probably been one of the more challenging things because really everybody's taste in music is so wide. And I, you know, I've gotten, uh, bad marks for too much classical music. It, you know, I, I love classical music and I just think it goes with everything, but I've been instructed and, you know, paid attention that, you know, they want more of a beat, you know, so we have a lot more uh, of our videos have a driving beat, no lyrics, no, nothing you're going to get tired of, you know, uh, uh, no, 
no shouting. I try to keep away from real buzzy sounds or, you know, extreme science fiction, you know, uh, uh, techno, you know, just something that's going to really be almost invisible in the background, but a driving rhythm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the beauties of image that you present is that there isn't a dashboard and that there isn't coaching. So if today, you know, I'm having a hard time getting motivated and I want to pull out some of my old Led Zeppelin or doors, right? I can just turn down the volume on the laptop and, you know, have at it. You know, it doesn't change it. I'm not really missing. (laughs) You got it. Yeah. You know, the ride. And so that's a really nice feature of it. And I have uh, many, many people like yourself saying the exact same thing. I love my classic rock when I ride. Exactly. The doors or something. It's perfect. You know, um, I can't provide everything that everybody likes. And so, yeah, you just turn down the volume. There are some ambient sounds now and then, but you know, if you're really into your own music, you're, it's not like you're going to miss a little bit of um, tweeting birds or ocean sounds you know, to hear your favorite song while you ride along, say, the waterfront of Tortola. Yeah, although as we talked, I'm kind of a water baby myself. I, I, I loved on the, um, on the breaks when you could hear the waves breaking and just kind of gives you that soothing kind of feel. My understanding is you're a surfer as well, right? So you have yeah. that same passion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, the, the Virgin Islands, if, if uh, you know, anyone is interested in those places, uh, you know, getting, you say, getting away for a tropical vacation in the middle of a bomb cyclone or you know, some of the horrendous winter weather we've all had this winter, even in Northern California, it's been freezing cold rainy winter you know people can just get away for an hour and and really really feel like they're there you know we we were there shooting it in tortola you know and try to just capture everything about it so i would think that every winter you you want to plan someplace kind of warm and uh seaside ish no (laughs) yeah you're catching on yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So not just a job, but a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, I, I actually lived in the Virgin Islands for many, many years. Oh, um, very cool. And yeah, and and so um, the not only just getting away to the tropics, but you know, really exploring the world has really opened up uh, a lot more interest to me in history, especially going through Europe. It's just. Uh, it's just so rich in history. I mean, things I didn't even pay attention in history class, and then suddenly you're on the the frontier of uh, Vienna, and you understand why there's castles because they had the Ottomans coming in, and they had to build a whole line of castles along what became the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And you're, you're shooting these things, and you understand what the significance of a certain battle, you know, kept a whole power balance. And, it, you know, I just probably this would all just be like some kind of a history channel thing that went by. But when you're there and you're you're actually showing your, your, the roads that somebody can ride down now and they're in Vienna, say, and they're going by the same concert hall that, that Mozart or Vivaldi, you know, performed and made a significant impact on the music community you know it's it's just amazing how much uh travel opens you up to uh to to life to to experience you know and uh i hope to to bring this to other people too you know in a small way last year um 
the summer of 2018, we went to Italy for a ride. And, All right. Um, yeah, it was really cool. So we were up north in an area um, called the Emilio-Romano region. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So we stayed in Catolica, which is right on the Adriatic, right? Oh, yeah. You know, my youngest daughter went with us. You know, she does not – well, she does ride, but, you know, not like that, she'll say. Yeah. She could. She just doesn't want to. Um, sure. <laughs> so she got to spend the day on the beach <laughs> as we went out <laughs> and rode all day. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was funny that I always laugh. What is it about cyclists when they see a giant mountain, they feel they have to climb it? I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, myself being kind of a, a bigger, chunkier kind of guy, you know, I'm more of a sprinter, more of a track or time trialist. I just don't understand why everybody wants to climb everything. <laughs> you know, we got to, um, the biggest one was the climb up to San Marino. Apparently mm. there's two different ways that you can go. It would appear that we went the wrong way because it was the <laughs> steeper of the two. <laughs> uh, yeah. The goal of that story, though, actually was to talk about... So afterwards, um, we went down and spent a few days in Siena. Oh, oh, yeah. Awesome. So have you been through Siena? Yes. Yeah, really cool. Um, One of the things I didn't realize is that you're not supposed to drive in the city itself, Mm. right? Did you get a ticket? Yes, I did. But but not in person, right? They mail it to you like three weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Electronic. Yeah. So funny, we rented this VW... like station wagon kind of thing, right? Because, you know, we had mm-hmm. luggage and Amy and I had our bikes with us and, you know, all that stuff. We literally ended up like going down a couple of streets where we had to fold in the mirrors and we're still <laughs> thinking that we weren't going to make it. <laughs> you, you, Yeah, we we didn't make it one time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, right? Like, uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, and the it's little funny. hill towns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't even know how they get the goats through there. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's those are actual Roman roads that you know they're made for carts, for chariots or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and 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 uh, you know, the, the, if you had a VW, what was it? An SUV? No, it was a little station wagon. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So literally, we had Haley in the back seat, but the other half of the back seat was folded down. You know, mm-hmm. so that it was long enough for the bikes. <laughs> Well, we have some of that, uh, that you really get the feeling of that in, in the Lake Como, Italy uh, video. Uh, and the roads were just so narrow. Or, or even, you know, in the, in the Rhone Alps uh, video, uh, uh, you know, even though it's France, uh, all of that used to be Roman. <laughs> and, and so there are hill towns, you know, right on the Mediterranean that you don't know if you're in Italy or France until you see the signs. Right, right. It looks a lot like Italy. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, boy, what a wealth of cultural heritage and knowledge you must have acquired over the years. I hope I remember it all <laughs> for a while. For, for a while. Fair so, until uh, so we go back. Uh, and I do have a client that that has done that same ride that you did up to San Marino, and is is insisting that I have to do that and and get that. You know, so he had that that same urge to climb the mountains. Yeah. Uh, so Amy is the one, right? She's the climber girl and, uh, or I guess I should say climber lady, right? To yes. be politically correct. And I'm more of the fast, flat kind of person. So she loved it for sure. I had thought the year, well, not the year before, two years before we were in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it was the year before for sure. 17. And we did Haleakala. So we did the, you know, dip your wheel in the ocean and, you know, roll out. Yeah, 10,000 feet later, you're at the top of the crater, Um, which is really a cruel, cruel joke 
because <laughs> the truth is like 9,800 feet, you come to a parking lot and you think I actually made it, uh-huh. but you didn't. Uh-huh. The last like quarter of a mile is actually like an 18% grade up to the oh. crater rim. Yeah, uh, so as if four and a half hours of climbing wasn't enough, uh, you know, just when you think you're done, you look up and you think, ouch, who ouch. thought of that? <laughs> 18%. I, yeah, that's, it's crazy. that's about as steep as it is. Yeah. yeah, it's really crazy. It's, it's a wall, basically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's funny because it's one of those things that if you were running, you would be tempted to put your hand out in front of you, right? Right, right yeah. Just craziness. So I thought Haleakala was the worst that I had done, but you know, it was more length than it was actual, you know, pitch, right? Um, mm-hmm. San Marino mm-hmm. is just straight up. Oh, you really? Know? Yeah. I mean, it's moderately yeah. long, but it's mm-hmm. wicked steep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so and this client of mine, maybe he doesn't like me. <laughs> he wants to torture me. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it is not a road that I would want to rent a Yugo on. Um, you know, I think you would need a couple cyclists to push you along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, the drivers in, in Europe are very good as far as cyclists. I noticed. And, yeah. And we found that yeah. same thing, you know, yeah, you know, in going to and from our different routes during the days, you know, we went through quite a few cities. I commute a lot in Pittsburgh. So city riding is kind of my thing. I feel very comfortable in traffic. I feel okay, you know, hopping up on a curb if I have to and doing my thing. And in Italy, they were just amazingly gracious, far more so than here, at least in Pittsburgh. I don't know what California is like, but Pittsburgh is not the friendliest town for cyclists. Oh, they're pretty good around here, but there still are are way too many accidents as far as, you know, with cyclists. Yeah, everywhere it seems, you know, Mm -hmm. one too many is uh, is enough, but... Yeah, yep, yep, that's... uh, that's, Kind of uh, goes with the game, I guess, unfortunately, but also just with uh, more drivers getting educated and more used to more cyclists is important. And I think that, you know, Amy and I have talked about that from time to time. If you truly ride on the road in traffic, Mm -hmm. it's not a matter of if, it's when. You know, something is going to happen. Either it's a crazy pothole or, you know, what we have in Pittsburgh is it seems like there is a fair amount of storm grates where the newer storm grates, the, I don't know what to call them. So I'm going to call them rungs of the grate run diagonally so that even if you're in the flow of traffic, you could go straight across the grate and not run into an issue. But the older storm grates, the, um, the rungs run parallel to the curb Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have an opportunity to ride them. I mean, unless you are an amazingly gifted rider, you know, <laughs> like, you yeah. know that goes beyond balance beam, right? People like, can go into them. Yeah. yeah, that's craziness. Very dangerous. Yeah. 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 So you're either forced to at the last second jut into traffic or, you know, try to hop up onto the curb if you can. These are, you know, social engineering problems that we're probably not going to solve today. <laughs> and that's why I like to promote indoor cycling. For sure. I mean, there's going to be a certain amount of people who will always ride outside. That's that's great. But I think as as far as a really good cardio workout and just keeping in shape, indoor cycling, I'm so glad it has caught on and that there's people like yourself helping other people to, to learn more about it. And, you know, with your podcast. Yeah. And I think even for, you know, competitive cyclists. 
um, indoor has become a viable alternative. You get people that are training for centuries or training for full Ironmans, and you know they have to get in an 80-mile ride today. It is mm-hmm. so much safer to do that ride in your home yeah. than it is to be out in the roads and duking it out. And I really respect uh, coaching as far as that goes. I have you know zero uh, uh, coaching expertise, and I don't you know I don't uh, pretend. You know, there's there's no way that I'm going to get somebody in shape for something like that. Now, like somebody like yourself, or you know, a, a professional coach. You know, as far as Bicovision goes, we do video. We we just leave that. It's it it can work with any instruction, uh, with, the, with an instructor just tailoring the workout either toward what they're seeing on the screen or doing your own, you know, cardio, your reps. I don't even know all the tech, technology is all changing all the time. You know, it's getting better and, and more accurate. And so we just concentrate on doing the, the forward motion video. For, just keep the, keep the video coming and you guys are the experts on how to make it work for the the, the uh, trainee. Yeah, and again, I, I think you have the perfect medium for that. I, um, you know, initially the lack of dashboard had me thinking. Uh, after writing it a couple of times, I see the wisdom in it and uh, appreciate it. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. That's nice. Yep. Great, Jan. Um, as we uh, go through this. Again, I, I feel like we didn't touch enough on the streaming service because what a valuable addition, especially for the overseas people, but you know, even for the domestic people, what a nice feature. Could you tell us just a little bit more about that and kind of round out our understanding? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So this is a, a subscription service. I wanted to make it very affordable for people. It's basically, it's the cost of one DVD per month. So you could think of it like a, a book of the month club. Uh, I imagine people will use a lot more than one of the videos every month. So uh, for $19.99, right now I have uh, 24 different videos on there, including the Tortola video that we talked about. Uh, They are of many different lengths. Some of them are half an hour. Some of them are the full uh, 74-minute version. You know, I have uh, different... uh, for starters, I wanted to get a good variety, so we have uh, different countries in Europe. We have Slovakia. Uh, we have uh, different national parks on there, and they can find this by logging into Vimeo.com and going to Vimeo.com slash on-demand slash Bicovision. And so the reason I'm giving the address is because you have to be uh, logged on to the subscription service in order to... Then if you want to watch it on Roku or uh, your uh, iPhone or Android TV or Amazon Fire, you can actually just follow the instructions per that service going through uh, Vimeo. We tried it yesterday with Roku, and basically you just sign on through Vimeo and then open it up on your on your Roku TV, and it works fine. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, the the idea is that uh, if uh, you know you're more oriented toward just streaming, as so many people are going towards streaming now, and they're they're not interested in owning the video or owning the DVD for later use, they're streaming everything anyway. They they have this now as a channel. Very nice. Now, um, as a studio owner, am I eligible to be able to stream? Studio owner. 
Yeah. So if I wanted to be able to stream your videos into my studio um, yes. rather than just on my home television for indoor use. That's fine. I, I know it's going to be, be done anyway. Okay. And uh, so I'm, you know, I, I, I know that there's going to be an owner that it's just too complicated to, to have some kind of a different rate or something. And I, I really respect other business owners and, and their expenses. And if that's, you know, I don't want to make it impossible for them to use our service. So it's the same price. They can, they can stream. Can you imagine for a spinning studio for, for 20 bucks a month, they can get all the videos they can need for, for their classes. Yeah. It almost seems like a no brainer, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And so we'll see, we'll see it just started. And, um, you know, I actually, our very first, uh, client, he had been asking me and, uh, you know, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? And so I, I called him up. I said, you guys get to be the first client and try it out. And <laughs> he said, all right. And, uh, he, uh, uh, has, he, he said, well, we have a whole cabinet full of Blu-ray discs of yours. But we're, we're doing it so that we want to have a separate screen. Anyway, it was kind of a technical uh, issue that they were having where they really, they really needed to start streaming it and not just have a, a, a Blu-ray player to sync it with their other screen or something. So it, it's hopefully going to fill a need for people. Jen, um, I thank you for your time. I know it's valuable. Obviously, you are hard at work editing these great videos. But I'd like you to take just one or two more minutes and leave myself and our listeners with the thought that you would like us to walk away with for Bikovision. Okay. And uh, I'd like to take that time not to do an ad for Bikovision because I've already, you know, basically uh, talked about it as far as, you know, I don't really think it, it needs to be something that's uh, presented as a product so much as a service that for instructors, uh, it's it's just an added value that you can give to your class. Uh, it's not a program for you to use so much as just adding visuals, adding that visual element to your class. Uh, I know that some of the classes are, are using the, uh, you know, like a disco ball and flashing lights and everything. And that, you know, that's a one take on it. It's it. it might get old after a while. You might want to switch it up. Uh, a lot of our clients are older folks, right? I'd say from about in our 40s on up. We really, I, I really don't have too many users that I know of that are like in their 20s or under. Uh, it's it's more uh, of uh, baby boomers, you'd say, or or maybe you know, in I would say 40s, 50s, 60s, and and up, really. Um, because they're, I don't know, maybe more interested in things they might have missed or places they want to see that they might not have a chance to see right now or, you know, they're, they're maybe retired or places they've been. So, uh, you know, I just want to let you know that this is something that you can, you can uh, really, if you have uh, classes or uh uh, groups of people that you're working with that you know really want a little bit more than flashing lights and disco balls. Not to put that down, but that's you know that is a certain thing that that uh, some of the uh, won't say name brands, but some of the clubs are going toward. This is a little more real. This is a little more serious. This isn't just about uh, uh, you know restimulating your senses for a little while or something. You can actually see 
some places that that uh, you might really be very interested in and uh, get that forward motivation in places that you never knew about. Very nice. Well, Jen, as always, I thank you very much. And, um, you know, you were kind enough to actually send us a couple of DVDs to review. So hopefully in a couple of months, we can have you back on the show and let's talk about one of those and uh, catch up on how your new streaming service is doing. I'd love that, Joey. That's, That's awesome. Thank you. Very good. And as always, listeners, I thank you very much for tuning in to the ICI Pro Podcast. Have a great day. that wraps up another episode of the ICI Pro Podcast. Please check out our website, the Indoor Cycle Instructor.com.